I got it from my mama. With Beck and Sarge. Hunter GWM Havel are proud to support NHM Newcastle Hunter Mummers. They've got stock ready for immediate delivery in H2 Canon, Canon L and H9. Did you know all vehicles are backed by a seven-year unlimited K's warranty? Inquire now. Hunter GWM Havel. Good evening or good morning or are you a mumby? I coined this phrase this week, Beck. Oh my gosh, I'm just scared. I'm bracing <laughs> so myself. So it means mum zombie and it means, you know, that feeling of when your kids have been awake all night and then you have to get up with the normal people and pretend that you're a normal person and live the day as a mum zombie. Walking dead. Yeah. Like it. Okay. Yep. yep. I've, I have <laughs> experienced that. <laughs> I had it all week and then when I left tonight, I was like, thank goodness, because one... Um, of my ch- my blessed children, which I love so much. Um, she had vomiting all day, all around the house sporadically, which was fun. Lots of um, towels and, you know, things and buckets and things. And then it's coming out the other side too. So, oh, this is great because she's potty training. She hasn't really got to the toilet yet properly. And um, she's been doing those number threes in the potty and making me it. So, um... Sorry if you're listening to us over breakfast, lunch or dinner, everyone. Uh, Today's episode is all about uh, emotions, uh, recognising your kids' emotions and struggling with um, temper tantrums or anxiety or teenagers who withdraw or teenagers who are acting up and just understanding uh, their emotions better. And um, I thought it was really cool because Dr Ricky, who's coming up from the Hummingburn Centre, has said in the past that it's really a a lot of it comes parental role models and um, she's running a workshop on how to teach parents to be better role models for their children and what they can do to understand their emotions better. Yes. So, um, and one of the questions that I think we need to ask or find out more from her is whether or not that sometimes there's a behavioural thing or whether it's an emotional issue that's yeah that's are they just being emotional and being themselves or is my child yeah. a real piece of work basically <laughs> that's right that's what i got out of that is one. my child a pain in the ass or yeah. are they okay and just struggling with a little bit of stuff <laughs> and dr ricky can tell us yeah. we hope <laughs> we're gonna find out about that next Tozer air is proudly family run and owned serving newcastle the hunter and surrounds for over 20 years now helping protect families with Nano X German bacteria killing air conditioning equipment. Contact them today to see how they can protect your loved ones. And check them out, tozerair.com.au. At Tozer, we're not comfortable until you are. Pacific Smiles Dental is committed to caring for your children's smiles and their overall dental health. We know how important a great smile is for a child's confidence and they're passionate about educating children from an early age about the advantages of looking after their little teeth and gums. Find Pacific Smiles Dental near you now. I got it from my mama with Sarge and Beck and our favourite Dr. Ricky Elliott from the hummingbirdcentre.com.au at Redhead Broadmeadow and Warners Bay. Uh, Calm Kids is a workshop coming up uh, with Dr. Ricky at the place at Charlestown. If you want to find out more about that, just uh, hit up their Facebook page. And she's talking to us about Calm Kids. <laughs> I don't think I've seen seen one ever since uh, one came screaming out of my vagina actually it wasn't calm then and uh, yeah, not I don't calm have now. a calm kid either 
Actually, mine is calm a little really? bit today because um, she's been profusely vomiting. Yeah. And uh, in between the um, vomits, she does lie down on the couch and I go, man, I've never seen that before. Mm. <laughs> no, but we digress, Dr. Ricky. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. And we do want to learn more about our kids' emotions. Um, something that comes up for me in this is I was feeling a bit depressed the other day. And uh, I just uh, had a hard time at work, some office politics, and then the kids have been 24-7, one teething and one sick. And I went over to my mum and dad's and I just wanted to go for a run by myself for half an hour. And mum asked me, oh, you know, are you, what's up? And I said, oh, I just, I feel really down. And then I went off for my run and I thought, wow, I'm so... I feel really privileged that my my relationship with my mother and my parents is to the point where I feel like I could say absolutely anything to them. Is that what you're trying to encourage in kids to make them really open and communicative? That's exactly what we're after and that's that's fantastic that you've got that. That if it doesn't we can't protect our children as much as we want to from going through hardship in life, but if they have they have hard times and they know that there's that soft place to land, those arms to fall into, to say, I'm feeling really down or I've had a hard time today. And that parent can offer empathy and understanding and not jump in to fix it or solve it for their child, um, have that soft place to land. Then that's where children actually learn how to regulate emotions and how to build resilience. And that's what you did the other day. You went, you had a, they're a safe place for support. You went in and said, I've had a hard day and you look after the kids and now I'm going off to cope by going for my run. Um, so that's, you know, perfect emotion regulation. That's exactly what we're trying to encourage um, through the talk. And um, a big emphasis on it is that emotion coaching component for, for children so where parents can validate and try and understand what their child's going through without trying to jump in and solve it for them or reassure them or, or dismiss what's happening for them. Because with loving intentions, a lot of parents want their children to be happy. Yeah, I think I fall into that category mm-hmm. for sure. I'm always yeah. trying to fix. Is that just in our human nature that we yeah. want to fix yeah. it when they're feeling sad? Yeah. 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 And it's from the, it's from the get-go um, from babies, you know, how do we get them to sleep through the night? How do we, you know, how do we solve this problem? How do we solve that problem? We go into trying to fix everything um, and we want them to be happy and content all the time. And that's just not human nature. We, uh, if we're going to live a rich human life, we're going to go through uh, the rich array of every emotion, including, you know, the other day for you, you're going to have down days, you're going to be angry some days, you're going to um, have a rich full array of emotions. We're not going to be happy and calm all the time. So to have those expectations that's what we want for our children. It's unrealistic yeah. for them. It's unrealistic to put that pressure on us that we're in control of that. And often it's just being there with them when they're upset and down. So one of the biggest um, errors I see when kids and their parents come into sessions with me, and it's with loving intentions, it's beautiful parents trying to reassure the children too quickly who have anxiety, you know, or jump in and tell the kids what to do if they're having um, friendship difficulties at school and the kids mm. shut down and don't want to go back and tell the parents because like us, if we've had a hard day at work and you go home and you tell your husband or this happened or that happened and he goes, well, you need to just do this, just tell them that or just do this. Yeah, we're like, oh, no, I don't want to do yeah. that. I just want you to listen and empathise. <laughs> so we, the kids will shut down and not go and tell their parents 
mm-hmm. they don't like that advice. And so it's just about promoting that kind of um, being there with them and that letting kids know that all emotions, including what we say, negative emotions, sadness, anger, it's all normal and it's all they all pass. You know, I use the analogy of clouds and sunshine in the sky. And if we're sad or upset, it's okay to let our children know, you know, as long as it's not, you know, any appropriate content, not mm-hmm. anything that worries them, that, that we're down. But it's okay because feelings like the clouds in the sky, they pass. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah, I like that analogy. Um, I know the probably the most common emotional concern that I have um, experienced or had friends experience is probably anxiety. Um, Is that, and I want to word this the right way, so feel free to correct me, but is that commonly overdiagnosed? And I mean, um, people sort of go, oh, my child's scared of this, so he's got anxiety. Um, is it is it dangerous to overdiagnose this kind of emotion when in fact this could some of them could just be normal, that child might just not like dogs, that you know, that you know, um some so and so might just have a fear of storms for a month, that kind of thing. Is it wrong or um I I, I, know, I, right saying, I that? think that um we wouldn't want to ever put clinical diagnosis on it because that's childhood is, is certain stresses and anxiety are very normal, aren't they? Like fear of the dark. Yeah, um, you know that kind of thing's very, very normal. Um, My daughter says "scared, scared" all the time. Mummy, scared, scared. <laughs> yes, will it a spider or you know, scared <laughs> of the dark? A lot of kids are scared. A lot of kids are nervous about hallways and <laughs> dark places. I remember being scared of the dark. A lot of kids don't want to sleep in their own bed. Like I think yeah. that it, we can, and a lot of kids have difficulty. My middle daughter just started kindergarten last week. I'm watching all the kindy kids. I met a mum yesterday who told me that it was her daughter's first week at school and she had um, been coming home every night just crying her eyes out. Um, She told the father that she didn't love him anymore. A lot of the other kids in the class are doing things like holding their poos because they're too scared to go in the toilet and having um, tummy difficulties. Is that sort of thing normal when a child starts school? Yes, yes. It's such a huge change even walking into the playground at some of the bigger schools it is overwhelming (laughs) there are that many children there it's a brand new thing you don't know what to expect you've got to think about us if we started a new workplace with 500 new people and we didn't know who the boss was we don't know what to expect Mm. or what's going to happen you're going to have some um, anxiety some stress that's totally normal until you adjust and get used to it Um, so and they hold it in a lot all day because they uh, they want to let their emotions out with their people they feel safest with. Oh, okay. So it's normal to hold a lot of that in all day. And then when you get home from school, one, you're tired yeah. and hungry and you're exhausted from the day. And it's normal to let that out when you get home and be a bit dysregulated. And yeah, that's fairly normal. And it's, it's just an adjustment transition to school. Like some children actually have a clinical diet, you know, anxiety issue. But the majority of kids will struggle with that transition for a little while. Okay. And what can you do um, when your children are struggling that with that or struggling with daycare? Yeah. So basically it's just um, seeing any behaviours in the afternoon or trying to see the emotions or the needs driving that behaviour. So it's, they're going to be fatigued, they're going to be exhausted, they're coping with change and adjustment, they might be overwhelmed. They often don't eat a lot, you know, when they're first starting school and a lot's going on. They're going to be hungry, tired. So it's just about trying to help 
have a calm environment, help regulate them. You know, my kids the first week or two back from school. It's been hot too. They get yeah, hot. And they, they, unlike us, if we're hot when we sit in air conditioned to regulate, they don't. They run around in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. trying to find the thing that helps. Each child's different, I find. So what calms one child won't necessarily calm the other. Um, but different regulation strategies. Just having quiet, relaxing time in the afternoon. Don't ask them too many questions okay. oh. about the day. That would seem like a normal thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay to say how we should day sweetheart and stuff like that. But don't I would really that. be drilling as well. Yeah, so I'm doing all the wrong stuff, I'm sure. Lots of parents are anxious when their little kids go off to kindergarten and you don't know what's happening for them. So they might ask a lot of questions like, who would you play with today? Or yeah, I do yeah. that. I go... Uh, what did you do today at um, daycare? Oh, painting. What did you paint? <laughs> what colours did you use? <laughs> they're more like you can ask a few questions, but they're more likely they're in the moment, kids, and if they're not oh, okay. thinking about it in that moment, and so they, while you're giving them a bath or later on in the evening when you read a book, it's more likely to come out then. Oh, okay. Or two days later, you'll hear a story, and it's just it's critical then that when they do open up and talk that, you know, whatever's going on for us, we try and pause and pay attention mm. and engage in the conversation then even when we're busy, which is hard sometimes to see, you know, you're trying to cook dinner or something and they want to bring a story up, but it's, it's really trying to pause and engage when they bring it up. Yeah. yeah. What about the difference between an emotional need and behavioural problems? Um, how can you tell the difference? Uh, yeah, so what we what we generally say is we try and um, I usually explain it to people um, when they come in to see me. We don't have visuals here, but but like an iceberg in the ocean. So you you sail along in the ocean, and if you were in your in your boat, if you can imagine a picture, and you might see the tip of the iceberg, and the tip of the iceberg that we all look at and focus on is the behaviour. But we try and just have mm. to think about you know the, the large part of the iceberg is what we don't see behind below the surface which is the emotions and needs yeah. so we we'll always encourage parents to try and reflect and wonder about and be curious about what an emotion or unmet need might be driving the behavior so sometimes it may be change or stress or anxiety or a new sibling or um, tiredness, hunger, um, not, not enough quality time with that parent when we've been really busy mm. and haven't spent enough time connecting with them. That can drive negative behaviours to get attention. But sometimes it's, it's, it's not that as well. Sometimes it can be just, you know, a limit needs to be set on their behaviour and sometimes it's both. Emotions driving the behaviour and all emotions we say are acceptable but not all behaviours are. So they might be playing okay. with their younger brother who's just knocked over their tower and they've gotten really angry and frustrated because they just spent 10 minutes building it. And This, this sounds right. About so annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> it does stuff like this all the time. So they hit their little brother or throw a piece of the tower yeah. at them. So in that situation, we say, come in and emotion coach and validate. It's okay to be frustrated with your little brother. It's okay, okay. to be angry. You know, I, I see you spent so long building that great tower and he's knocked over. That's really disappointing. Disappointing. That's okay. But, and then we go in with the behaviour mm-hmm. management limit things, but we do not hit in this house, firmer voice. Mm. Next time he does that, what, are you, what can you do instead? So, and if they can't come up with it because they're little, you know, use your words, come and ask mum for help, say stop it, you know, whatever. So too often we get kids in trouble with a limit and they're in trouble for something, but we don't tell them what they need to do to regulate that frustration yeah. or disappointment 
for the next time. And so if they don't learn what to do with the feeling, they're always going to have this repeat the same behaviour. Okay. So what about, because um, this is sounding like it's, it's very tailored towards, um, say, the under-10s. Um, and how they react with things. What are what are some things that the parents with some of the older kids? Because I know your workshop goes up to um, around eighteen. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that you should be looking out for for the older kids and how you can help them? Some kind of things really, even when they're they're more presenting with they might be still presenting with anxiety, but it might be friendship difficulties, or it might be you know having to set limits around technology. Um, all that kind of stuff and going out. So it's the same kind of thing. We say warm but firm parenting. So warm, validate, empathise, try and understand with them, try and get them to come up with their own problem-solving solutions to encourage their own making growth. We're, and we're setting limits but explaining those to teenagers. You know, if you've got to set limits on technology, explaining your reasons, explaining that, you know, you're not here to, your role's not to be you're here to support them in their decisions and their well-being and, 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 and that's where you're coming from. So it's all about really open communication. What mm-hmm. about some flags with teenagers where you think something might be going wrong for them in their lives but you think that um, they'll be holding back, you know, would that what sort of behaviours might they be exhibiting? Um, well, again, it's hard to know with normal teenage behaviour <laughs> Yeah. What's not so, you know, because it's normal for teenagers to be more withdrawn, not wanting to talk to their parents about things um, and that kind of thing. What we just kind of encourage is don't sit down and have a, if you were concerned about anything, don't sit down and have a conversation with them like we would as adults, like sitting across from them. That's oh, okay. more like while you're driving them somewhere, oh, okay. driving to work or you take the dog for a walk together, you know, so it's not so... Confrontational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. yep. And just kind of wondering with them how everything's going and trying to always put across that you're, you're communicating, you're there as a support person or as a person to tell them no and they can't do this and they can't do that. And I think if you establish that when they come to you with an issue, you don't try and tell them what to do or yep. take over and make the decision for them, they're more likely to come to you. Yeah. Mm. What about um, parents regulating their own uh, emotion? It's interesting, like acting as role models, because um, I know that I'm a bit of a psycho sometimes, (laughs) and I feel like (laughs) maybe I could do better. Sometimes because you're human, yeah. And I think to role when we say role model, it you're human, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to they call it. You're flipping your lid, like your your you're thinking part of your brain goes offline, and you're just like your emotions fly. Yeah. That's normal part of being a parent, and especially if you're fatigued or you're busy or you're stressed with work or you've got financial pressures or mm. you know you've had an argument, whatever. It's it's really easy to do. And what we say to parents is when that happens, is be very self compassionate because you're a human being and you, you're going to succumb to human emotions sometimes. And parenting experts experts say. The parents must flip that lid and lose it at times because that's a valuable lesson to your children because you're teaching them that, that you're, you're a human being. Human beings make mistakes. Yeah. Emotions get the best of us sometimes. Mm. Um, and then what you need to do when that happens is to take ownership of it, take responsibility, okay. and go to the, your child and say, um, you know, I'm really sorry, mummy yelled, uh, mummy was a bit stressed about blah, 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 or mummy's a bit tired. You know, it's okay to say, you know, I need you to listen or 
<laughs> or whatever. But mummy should have taken her deep breaths or gone outside and had her walk or whatever. I'm sorry I yelled at you. What was that like? It, was, it must have been a bit scary or stressful or whatever. You, you know, okay. validate the emotions. And, and they said the teachers, kids, that they they don't have to be perfect because you're not perfect. If you're perfect, it puts pressure on them to be perfect. My kids are going to have to be really perfect. That's hard for me. If you make a mistake in life, you take ownership. You say, sorry, you're a parent with the person. What? Take ownership? So, oh. I remember my partner today, he said something. And you lost the key for the car. Uh, the other day when we had this big blow up and I couldn't get to work and the kids were like running around crazy. And I said, no, Lily took the keys and then broke them in half and the key was lost somewhere. He's like, you lost the key. (laughs) Okay, so I take ownership of that. But I said the key shouldn't come out of the key holder. It's the car manufacturer's fault. (laughs) No, no, it's Mick's fault because he bought that dodgy key online. We can point (laughs) fingers all the time as well, can't we? But, you know. It's just human nature. But it's all right if you you get cranky every now and again. Children need to see that that's... That's normal. And you, but if you can offer repair, then that teaches them loads. And if they never experience that, then they're worse off. Well, thank you so much, Ricky. No trouble. <laughs> and what are your children like? Do they go crazy or are they perfect? They're all different. They're definitely not perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. We're just trying to do the best we can, aren't we? <laughs> what are, do you have any like tips in your mum tool bag for us, like as a mother and as a um, psychologist? Yeah, I think definitely the biggest thing we need to do with mums is work on the mother guilt, <laughs> and which guilt is anxiety. I think you told us, it was you that told us that it was instilled in us when we were... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't when we were pregnant. We to Hawaii for like six months a year and oh, stuff. That so we don't abandon good. the kids. I want to go to Hawaii, yep. Yeah, so that's the evolutionary part that they say. It's part of our attachment system to feel, you know, mm. the guilt and anxiety so we don't you know, take we don't leave them. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, there's a lot of pressure on mum to be catering to the child's whole emotional needs, you know, organic food and doing these baby music class and baby this. It's a lot of extra from the mm, beginning. It's crazy. Plus bringing in half of the bacon often Bringing as in well. half the bacon yeah. and get, yeah, taking care of the house. I mean, so I think self-compassion for mum big thing I'm trying to teach all the time. Mm-hmm. I see mums that work come down tremendously hard on themselves if they yell or whatever every now and again and it's a really hard job and if you've got fatigue or hormones on board or something, it's just you're human being, it's going to happen and you have to have self-compassion. We're all doing the best we can. Yeah. Is there anything we can do to um, help ourselves out a little bit more with that every day, just mantras or I'm doing my best or what would you suggest, uh, Ricky? I think so. I think that that's, we call it the harsh inner critic comes in to jump on us whenever we make a mistake in life and, and to say, you know, we're not doing good enough or, you know. So it's just kind of recognising that and not buying into it. And, yeah, that's my mantra that I say I'm a human being. Human beings make mistakes. I'm doing the best I can. Mm. But, but it's just not buying into that, that inner critic thought that it will jump on any of my mistakes that you make. And embracing the fact that you're human and that mm-hmm. you're busy and motherhood is, and fatherhood is tough. That's important for parents. And that kids don't have to be happy all the time. Like that, that message that these, what we call, yeah, but I think Instagram, you know, and all of that, people with pretty pictures have crap going on in the background, I'm sure. Wait, I'm sure. Oh, of it. Wait. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for your time, Ricky. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Toza, proud to be partnering with NHM Newcastle Hunter Mummers and NHM I Got It From My Mama podcast. Why should you choose Toza for your family? Because they're one of the most trusted brands in the Hunter, serving families and commercial premises for over 20 years. Toza, happy to chat with you today about your family's heating and cooling needs. Just get in touch. Tozerair.com.au. I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify, and NHM Newcastle Hunter Mamas.com.